Here's the cat mama herself, Melissa Newman, making the world a better place for cats with the Cat Show Podcast. Welcome to all my friends out there in podcast land. Here we are at episode 7 of the Cat Show Podcast. What a pawsome bunch you are. I know, I'm getting a bit punny today, aren't I? But I do want to say that I am so grateful to you for listening and helping me make the world a better place for all cats. This episode is the audio from one of my cat chats, which happens on a Thursday on Facebook. Sometimes I go live and sometimes I pre-record interviews with great guests. This episode was a marathon chat with the spectacular Bronwyn Maine. Now, Bronwyn is a New Zealand judge and all-round lovely person. We had quite a chat about cat shows, Burmese cats, and the importance of having a plan for your cats as you grow older. Now, I've only met Bronwyn once at a cat show when I was photographing it, but she's such a character, and I felt like I'd known her forever. So with that said, let's listen to the interview. Hello. Hi, and uh, welcome Bronwyn Main from New Zealand. Uh, today on Cat Chat. Thank you so much for joining me. Um, now you're in the, tell me where in New Zealand you are. Okay, um, I'm in the North Island. Yep. North Island. North Island. Um, I'm in North Waikato um, in a small rural area on the coast north of Raglan and it's called Tiakau. Um, the people in the racing community, horse racing, Tiakau Stud, which is a world-renowned stud, is our neighbour. Ah, oh, cool, awesome. So that's and a pretty beautiful place of the world to be living. It's um, We farm with sheep and beef farmers. We've got 1,800 acres, wow. which is a lot of land. It is. And we farm, and our farm runs down to the coast, so we've got two kilometres of, two, two and a half kilometres of coastline only accessible through the farm. Wow. So if I get on a quad bike, um, I'm just looking at the weather, 15 minutes on a quad bike and I can be on the beach. Wow, that's amazing. That sounds and, awesome. And to get to the beach, the last little bit's tricky. And when you're coming up, there's only one way. And so we use a term over here. It's called you drive it like you stole it. <laughs> <laughs> because it's, it is, you know, you've got to, through the rocks and that, and then you've just got to go, like, when you're going up, you've just only one way is put your foot down and go. So you say to people, you just drive it like you stole it. Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. And you've been in the cat fancy or cat um, shows and stuff for since early 2000, is that right? 2000 and late 2004. And what actually got you interested in cats and cat showing and cat judging? I needed a hobby. I replaced two-legged ex-husbands with four-legged Burmese. <laughs> well, that sounds fair. I needed a... I upgraded. I upgraded. That sounds I needed, like a, I needed a hobby, and I loved cats. And this goes back to my mother having a, a Burmese. And I love cats, and I thought, I need a hobby. I want to meet new people. And I thought, what would I really like to do? So you know how you write down some random thought? Mm-hmm. And then you just go and make it happen. And from that, I thought, yes, I like cats. I want to show them. Yes, 
I can give more. I just don't want to be a passenger. I don't want to just sit. I'm never, I'm not a passenger person. Yeah. And so one thing led to another, um, being a steward and a handler, um, which was, you work at every show. Yes. Because they're like scarce hands, teeth workers. Yeah. Um, and then you, I thought, no, 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 I'm going to do a bit of this judge's leg. Cool. So I did a bit of this judge's leg. Um, qualified and was very lucky to meet some really good people. Now, you're also involved in the Hamilton Cat Club, yes? And uh, don't yes. you guys have plug a for ha- plug Hamilton. <laughs> Got a plug for Hamilton Cat Club. Hamilton Cat Club, we hold the largest show in New Zealand. That's fantastic. Um, that must be a lot of work. work. Pardon? That must be a lot of work. We have a stunning team. I'm the president of Hamilton Cat Club. We have a stunning um, vice president, a stunning secretary, a stunning committee. And there's no iron team because, by God, everyone works and so we work the whole year. Yep. We work the whole year. And the trick, I think, in, in a cat club or in working like that is you've got to realise when people need a break or if breeders are breeding kittens, when they've got to focus on that, mm-hmm. you move things around. But yep. I'm so proud of this club. I'm so proud of it. And the quality of the show we have is just um, so special. I mean... Come to Hamilton. It is worth coming to Hamilton for a show. I would pick you up personally from the Auckland Airport. <laughs> well, I might just have to do that, and I might have to feature it on my YouTube channel because I do a lot of the um, the uh, cat shows in Adelaide where I actually come and photograph it, but I do a lot of video as well, and then we put a little compilation together and put it up on YouTube. So I have, might have to come and visit the Hamilton well, Cat Club. We're very blessed. We seem to have a lot of judges from Adelaide. Oh, well, that's um, always... So it's, sponsored by Royal, it's sponsored by Royal Cannon. Yep. We love Royal Cannon. But we take the extra time. I mean, everyone goes away from our show having had a good day. Yeah. There's no bitching or fighting, or if there is, it's off the floor. Wow, I sat on the floor. Um, but, you know, everyone, and we all, nowadays, you've only got so much discretionary dollar. Yes. Why do you come to our show as opposed to think it's the experience of the show? And so we like to position ourselves where we're the show of choice. When people are but have a budget, we are the show of choice. And it's the little things. We have these hand crocheted little blankets. Beautiful. That are just to die for. Um, and another little thing that, oh, my God, I love. We have car park people around the car park because, you know, everyone has a balancing act. How many cages can you get in gear bags? We have people that help you in. Brilliant. So, you know, they take your gear in for you while you park your car and help you in to your cage. And that sort of thing's the excellent. I mean, we've all started at a show when it's middle of dark and it's pissing with rain. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the little torch that you've got because the car park's the little torch just doesn't do it. Yeah. And so it's the thinking, what can we do to make it better for people? Yeah, that's great. And it's, do, it's doing things like that. So plug to that. So um, 
we love shows. Our, our club, and we've got some really old hands that are so stunning. And I love this club with a passion. Yeah. So, my favorite. Pardon? How long have you been with the club? Oh, forever. Oh my God, who's that? This is my cat, Bruce. He's our 11-year-old domestic. He's as deaf as a post and he's very, um, very uh, needy. <laughs> my my 18-year-old's deaf. Now, what she does is she works with Tupperware containers. She watches little Tupperware containers because she knows the brightly coloured Tupperware containers are her food. <laughs> and if, she, if she's hungry rather than, you know, the meow, she just looks at you. Gives you the stink eye. Yeah. And then goes to a Tupperware in the kitchen to the Tupperware and then just looks at those and stink eyes you. <laughs> she tells you all about it. <laughs> so how does Bruce tell you he wants food? Well, Bruce actually doesn't realise he's deaf, so he yells at me. No, this one does this one's silent now. Well, the other thing he likes to do, particularly at about three or four in the morning, if there's no food in the bowl, he comes and just knocks everything off from next to my bed. That's his other other pet. Do you get the, the pat? pat? Yeah, he gets the pat. He sits on my chest and quite often he just knocks like brushes and stuff off the edge of the cupboard until such time as I get up and do what I'm told. <laughs> okay. Ours, and these are bloody Aussies that have trained us well. We have a headboard and we have little glass bowls full of um, biscuit of greenies, treats for them. Mm. So that they just come up and they um, <sighs> tap you. Like one foot on my husband's side, one on my side, tap you. Or they reach up and they make the <laughs> greeny jar move. I say, you know, <laughs> I, uh, this is the naughty thing to do. Because um, my husband, he's a deep sleeper, so he doesn't wake up. So I do. So they feed and then I think, and he's got like uh, a rat's tail. So you know what I do in the night? I put the greenies in his hair. <laughs> so the cats can, because Burmese are intelligent. They like things to do. Well, that's actually a good segue into exactly what is, um, attracts you so much about Burmese. What sort of character do they have? And who are they good for as far as, um, not necessarily show cats, but just a good cat in general? Burmese are an intelligent cat. They're yep. very dog-like. Um, and they're very people. You never own a Burmese, a Burmese owns you. So who would ideally be suited? They, um, say a childless couple who worked, very career-driven, mm -hmm. I would have two because they need company. But then they also interact with people. Um, a family, yes. But remember the family, um, the cat owns the family. Yeah. Um, an older couple, ideal. Yeah. Uh, we love them. So they would fit, they could just about be a one size fits all, uh, but it's really the individual circumstances. But the breed is a very adaptable breed. Um, but the two things are a Burmese owns you. Once you've had a Burmese, you'll never have another breed. Mm -hmm. And if you are not home a lot, get them in twos. They're more socialised and they're better. I mean, yeah. they are just the most interesting cat. Um, 
you have to have toys. You have to have everything. Um, we have a toy box for them. Yep. We have a toy box have, for our, our Abyssinians as well. Yeah. Well, you know how Abyssinians are like, what's that? Get a feather. Yeah. They go nuts. Yep. Um, Burmese are, uh, are interesting. My Burmese favorite thing are the big pipe cleaners, big colored pipe cleaners, very mm -hmm. pipe cleaners. Yeah. I mean, I've woken up. And, you know, I've gone to sleep and I've woken up and there's been about five toys <laughs> by my head. Like, wake up, mommy. Play cow. <laughs> I mean, that really is dog-like, isn't it? <laughs> they are. I think they are an ideal cat. I mean, my mother's had, had Burmese, my late mother. Um, I've known a lot of older couples and they've been beautiful. The, one thing I would say, if, you get, if you're not getting older, always make provision for your cats. Yep. Very Always good. make a provision so that it's not the case of mum's cat's died or auntie's cat's died. Who are we going to give it to? Or we'll take the vet and put it down because it could be yeah. age or something. Yeah. Make good provision. For um, what's going to happen. For be responsible and make good yeah. provision. And think about it because this is something that's very important. It um, is. Very much so. But I, I love Burmese. They... Um, they're fairly low maintenance. If you're, if it's not a show cat and it's just a pet cat, they're fairly low maintenance as far as grooming and uh, they don't have a lot of um, medical issues and that sort of thing either. They're a pretty solid cat, aren't they? They're a good solid. I mean, the only issue they have is they're very good at telling the time. <laughs> <laughs> they know that. Like, trust me, if you feed your cat at, say, 5 o'clock or 6 o'clock for dinner... One minute past, they know you're late yep. and you'll get stink-eyed. <laughs> um, but let's look at them as a breed. Years ago, and it's been bred out a lot now, there were some that had a little tendency for teeth issues. Yeah. Um, there's still a little bit now, but it's just they lose teeth a bit. But food and nutrition and that now, um, they're a good, healthy cat. Mm -hmm. Um, don't over, it's like anything, don't overfeed them. Yeah. Says me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me too. I know how you feel there. Um, and actually, that's a really good point because um, one of the things that, particularly with dissexed cats, a lot of people say, oh, I'm not going to get my cat to sex because it'll get fat. But it's got nothing to do with that. It's really about the amount of food that you actually feed them and the quality of that food as well. You know, there's, some of the food is like McDonald's versus some of the food that's like going and having a really good solid, you know, dinner at a restaurant. So you've got to be a little bit careful with what you feed them, I'm assuming. I feed mine. Um, now, now here's a, this is something very interesting. One of my Australian Burmese yep. likes truffle cheese that's about $120 a kilo. Of course it does. <laughs> but I just put that in by the by. But... Um, you're right. The propriety brands like Royal Canin do a good wet and a good dry food. Yeah. Um, and because our house, we have cats aged from three to 18. So we cover a, a lot. Um, they are very well done. But mine are grazers. They are not big feeders at once. They're grazers. But it's, it's keeping them well fed, well watered, but not too much. Yeah. Um, then, but these aren't ones that will eat, eat, eat until they're sick. They just stuff they like. They like so, and then they also get things like chicken, 
um, cooked chicken. Yeah. But never give it, uh, never given cooked chicken two days in a row, like stink mum, no. <laughs> like warm chicken from the oven, yum. Yep. If it's been in the fridge, no yum. Mm-hmm. Yep, I know how you feel about that. <laughs> um, steak, yes. Now, I will blame the breeders of my, the Adelaide-based breeders of my cats for, mm-hmm. um, because they like steak so much. <laughs> and they only like really good cuts of steak. Yep. Yeah, of course they um, So they like, they have a good balance of things. They also like salmon. Yep. But it's really a good, so, but realistically, you can feed a, a balanced cat a good balanced diet well. Yep. By focusing on, and don't look at what's on sale at yep. the supermarket, you know. Or if you do, like, we did a big shop yesterday, mm-hmm. and it was a case of um, 48 tins of, of um, dine mm-hmm. for $44. So that worked out about 91 cents a tin, yeah. which is really good. Yeah. And it's, you know, even during this lockdown, the one thing that hasn't gone down on special, it's only gone up in prices, has been cat food. Yes. Did you guys have a, um, a run on uh, kitty litter over there as well? For about three or four weeks, there were breeders, particularly in Adelaide, that were struggling to get their kitty litter. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I, because we live so remotely, Yeah. We stock up well. Yeah. Um, we stock up. But I got kitty litter because, I mean, it is terrible. It's the relationships you know. And, I mean, the lockdowns here were good, but you could always ring. Yes. Or text or whatever. Yeah. And you could find it if you needed it. Yeah. But yeah. kitty litter was, was hard. Over here, people use um, the barbecue stuff. Yeah. So, yeah. but kitty litter... Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, mine love clumping litter, bless yep. them. Yeah. Is, you know, we've all heard theories of what's good, what's not good. Um, mine have always had clumping litter. It's easier and I don't care. Yep. Um, as simple as that. And I've got one of those robots, the, you know, self-cleaning oh, robot. Oh, lucky you. <laughs> but no, I mean, your cats, so are they a low maintenance? Yes, because you don't need to spend the time washing and grooming them. No. Yep. You yeah. don't. Um, a so good regular... A good hand, like if you're patting them, that gets rid of a lot of that um, coat when they're molting and stuff like that? Yeah. You just... Or, or you can just wash your hands, wipe the wet off and so you've still got damp hands, and then it just two, it comes off your hands. The hands will dry yeah. and it'll be sticking with that. The yeah. other, if you want to be uh, lazy or cheat or whatever... Mm-hmm. Uh, you can either use pet wipes or wipes for little kids. You know those oh, baby yeah, yeah, the wet wipes, yep. Or the baby ones that are sort of got nothing yeah. in them. Yeah. And you just over with that yeah. and then and then do it with dry hands. Um, yeah. And that's a good way. But so my average time non-show in grooming Burmese is is nothing. Yep. You know, it would be five minutes a week if that. Yeah. You know, I, I'm a an eye wiper. Yeah, you've got boogie eyes. You've got sleep in your eyes. <laughs> Gotta go. Yep. yep. And it's, you know, and my I have ladies. I have a well-trained husband. He does all the nails. Oh, brilliant! Excellent. He has brothers, but I don't think they could be trained to do nails. <laughs> but I can rent them out for a large fee. 
know, with the Burmese, the one thing that I always have found fascinating about Burmese is the, the texture of their, their coat. The texture is quite different to other cats. It's got that real silk to it, hasn't it? It's a silk. You, you should, they say it's satin wrapped brick, right? And a good way of really, I always say with cats, and I use this with judging or even at night, close your eyes, feel... Yep. And I say this to my husband too, because he's a cat baby. You know, feel the cat. And you can tell from the feel of the coat what it is. Traditionally, a Burmese should have a satin wrap brick, a sleek, close-lying coat that's mm -hmm. very smooth um, and groomed. It will just feel like satin. Yeah. Shiny and soft and lovely. And it's kind of interesting that you've got this beautiful soft silk um, fair, but the body themselves is actually, it's almost like bulldog-like, isn't it? It's got that quite broad shoulders, big chest, the domed head. Okay. So, like, they're, they're Boobies are deceptively heavy. Mm. The best way to describe it is um, it would be someone, the best way of thinking is would be a Burmese is deceptively heavy. It would, it looks like Say a size eight, the cat would look like a size eight, but when you pick it up and feel it, it's a size 12 or 14. And from a judging point of view, you, you judge the cat and it, you feel the weight go into your front hand. It's the weight. If you can't, I'm looking for a prop and I haven't got a prop. <laughs> so, so, okay, so work with me. This is a cat. Yep. So you pick it up, put it in your hand, and you can feel your hand go down. Yep. There's weight there, and you know, and it's a massive amount of muscle. And when you're looking at a cat, a well-developed, well-exercised, they've got, you can see good muscles. They've got stunning muscle muscle definition, yep. and their front legs, arms are very strong, very muscly, and because they do a lot of exercise, and that's where they get it. They yep. are really deceptively, you think of it, um, it would be, Looks like a size eight, but would be a hundred kilo in reality. They're so they are deceptively heavy, and that's the best. It's a well used old description, but that's the truth of them. Yeah. Um, what about their um, expression and their face, facial expression? Okay. What, should, what do you look for in that? Um, there's lots of descriptions. It could be called stink eye, mm -hmm. or up you. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean. It's like, mummy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they, they look at the, I mean, when you're judging them, you actually, you look at a cat and you think it's nice and you wait an extra couple of seconds for the stink eye, for that Burmese look. It's like, yeah, stuff you, I'm better than <laughs> you. It's like, it's, a, and it's, best called stink eye. You've yep. never seen a, a Burmese, you know, some, Beautiful loggies have a sweet expression. Mm -hmm. um, a Burmese expression is never called sweet. It's a, but it's a really it's totally different because here's a cat that's got a stunning nature, but mm -hmm. it has this this attitudinal look <laughs> that you would think it's not got a stunning yeah. nature. Um, but it has the it's and the, you know there's no signs signs of stress and the yeah. ears don't go down. Yeah. It doesn't flatten out, but it can just look at you. You know, I think a Burmese would be an ideal cat to have in a steering competition. Who blinks first? <laughs> <laughs> but, 
if somebody was going if, if someone was going to be um, looking at, a, at purchasing from a breeder, what are some of the questions that you ask? Because I know we were talking beforehand and um, it's really important to ask a lot of questions of the breeders if you're actually looking at getting a Burmese, isn't it? I've been very blessed. I've had three breeders breed me stunning Burmese. Uh, the things you, if you are asking for a companion or if you, depending if you're wanting a show cat or companion, but you want to know you're getting a healthy Burmese. Yep. Um, I would encourage people to go and look. Look at the cattery. Um, look at, ask them what they feed. Ask lots of questions. Ask about the parents, the grandparents. Ideally, if you can see them. Um, you want you want a cat that's going to be healthy. You, want, you can see a lot for yourself. If you go to a house and you can see, it's a lot. Um, the breeders have bred a lot of them for a long time. Well, they know. Ask questions or ask around. Um, everyone's got a good story, a war story, and a good story. Yeah. Ask around. Talk to people. Even Refer, being referred by somebody that's already got fantastic cats is always a good good oh yes but then i mean i haven't bred and i don't breed because of my lifestyle i just haven't got the time but my first cat i got from a long established breeder and she was stunning but i had checked her out and i actually went and saw her i spoke to her on the phone went and saw her twice um and just worked with her and clicked and you know it's that gut instinct yeah. the second breeder bred with the first breeder i mean this was so good this is what i they bred boy one with girl two because i said i want this yeah. and i mean how often do you get breeders that prepared to collaborate and do that that was just like that's amazing that's what uh, because be, though, isn't it isn't isn't that what it should be is looking for um, breeders should be looking at bringing together the best combination of, of the gene pool and creating well, this is, standards. I took, I took a punt because I knew this one had stunning girls and the coat, which is so important with the Burmese, I grabbed, I wanted from this cat, but I knew this one had a boy that had a temperament and type to die for. Yeah. And I was, the, the newie that knew nothing <laughs> suggested that, you know, and I thought, had a pretty fast car, so if all else fast, I could get it and go. <laughs> um, I would really like, you know, if, had you considered putting um, this cat with this? Yeah. Had you put, you know, that would give you a stunning. And, um, and, they and I thought I was waiting for a reaction, no reaction. <laughs> and then I got, and I got the cats that I wanted, and the, it worked stunningly well, yeah. you know. But that I spent a lot of time looking at, and these were women that had so much breeding experience. Yeah. It was just, I'm just watching. I'm being distracted. We're about to be photobombed. No, we're not. <laughs> Are we? Yes, we are. There's a Burmese. There we go. This is a Burmese. He's red. He's his his um, full name, excluding title, so his pedigree name is Densu Tiakau Red Terra. Beautiful. He's named that 
obviously with his prefix, Tiaka, because that's where we live. He's yep. red, so it's obviously his name. Yep. And Red Terror, we thought, would work. <laughs> so, three, he's a neuter, and he's what has been New Zealand Cat of the Year. Um, and he is stunning. I mean, as a red cat, he's just really good. Yeah. Um, and that's, that is a case of their good breeding, good yep. lines. And yep. Lines from breeders don't happen overnight. They don't happen. They, yep. they take a long time to get. So you really do your research. This is yep. where, even if I was getting a, a, a cat, you know, for, for a pet, not for show, mm. I would ask so many questions. I'd yep. want to help a cat. I've seen stories where it's actually one of my nieces got a cat from a breeder and it died. You know, and that oh, had wow. that emotional by yep. it died. And it turned out it had died for something that shouldn't be in catteries. Yeah. And the breeder had offered her a replacement from the litter that was left with her. And I said, the best thing you can well, do is run. Yeah. Run far. Yeah. I said, no. So it's just sort of being careful about the health. But yeah. it's a, let's wrap up on breeders. It's a 50-50 nature and nurture. Yeah. Breeders give you a, a product, you yep. know. They give you a great example. I mean, we farm, so we're the ideal. Um, but then it's you up to how you bring it up. It's like you think of adopted children, for example, surrogate children. They're formed. You've got a basic there. But then how they grow up, how they respond, that nature versus yes. nurture. And this yep. is what brings it. Um, yep. So I have the greatest respect for people that breed it's because that, yeah that socialization is really important isn't yeah. it mm. it's, breeders are interesting people they do it and i commend them because it's a lot of time it's mm -hmm. a terrific lot of time i've been lucky the three breeders i've had cats from i all have my greatest respect one of them obviously mm -hmm. we know is in adelaide yeah um but to get that, it's just stunning. Um, yeah. That, and we talk, talk about this socialization. I mean, my cats came to us when about 12 weeks old. They had gone from Adelaide to Melbourne, overnight in Melbourne, and then Melbourne to Auckland. And we got them straight into the car. <laughs> opened the cage because we got back. Yes. You, you wanted a cuddle, yep. And they came out purring. Oh. There was no hide, and it was it was a combination of the breed and socialising them. There was no hide for a couple of days in a room under a bed. It was like, yeah, okay, straight. This is home. Your mum, your dad, <laughs> feed us, treat us. We're your children. Mm -hmm. We're going to bankrupt you. You're going to love us to bits. We'll love you in return. <laughs> um, but you are now our new slaves. Thank you for auditioning. <laughs> it sounds like the perfect arrival. Oh, you couldn't, and you couldn't ask for better. And people I've I've had that had the same thing, you know. And dare I say, it's been Adelaide cats that have come through. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we're actually so, really lucky in Adelaide. We've got some great breeders in Adelaide. I would plug. So based on experience, I would plug Adelaide breeders for bringing for cats coming over. So socialised, it's just yeah. 
um, stunning, you know, some of the pictures in it that you get and stories you hear, it's just, I mean, yeah. And it's all about these bre breeders being an ethical breeder, being a responsible breeder, being yeah. a good breeder. Mm. And there's a lot of education that's got to go in behind being a good breeder. There's a lot you need to learn. It's not just like you buy a couple of cats and put them together and lo and behold, that's it. I don't think, I mean, no one, I, no one is it for the money. No. One of my girlfriends who's a long-standing breeder said to me, out of a litter, if she gets uh, a haircut, she's lucky. Because, yep. you know, you think a Caesar... Um, you think the food, desexing all this, and but so they have my admiration. But yep. they're so they are the key to this when you're getting a cat to mm. show to, as a pet, or you know, they you forever. This is their forever home. Yeah, I yep. mean, I love these guys. And that's one of the things um, I often talk about is the difference between getting a rescue and getting a pedigree. Is that rescues you don't actually know what you're getting to so it doesn't necessarily suit every home whereas with the pedigree you have some understanding of what their traits are going to be so you can better suit the family that they're going to be going into whether it be a single older person or whether it be you know a young family at least you know what the traits of that particular breed is and you've got a, a better chance of them being in a in the right situation Okay, I'm going to throw that theory around and toss it up in the air for you. Yay, do it. I, I have five cats. Yep. Four are Burmese. Yep. My fifth cat is a big red tabby called Sir Stanley of Tiaka. Stanley's 15 and he's been shown now. He came to us and essentially rescued. He was a dumped farm cat. Yep. So had lived rough in that. But... He now exhibits all the same characteristics of, as a Burmese. Yep. So, so he's been socialised with Burmese and he's become one? And he, think, he does. He has been so socialised and the Burmese are yep. so intense and they love, you know, and they love people and other cats. Yeah. They, he's become a Burmese. Well, it's funny you should say that because Bruce, who you have just met, who's just come over to say you're going to talk about me, um, he does the same thing with our Abyssinians. He used to be quite a laid-back guy until the Abyssinians uh, came into the house. And when it's a zoomy time for the Abbeys, he jumps in and plays as well. And he's 11. And But, yeah, he's decided that he likes being an he's Abyssinian. He's an Abbey. Yeah. He sees himself as an Abbey. That's it, absolutely. So, yeah, he's taken on the person or a lot of the traits and personalities of the Abbeys for sure. So he's totally white? Yes, he's a completely white cat. Um, he's, we've got his sister as well, who was the run to the litter. She's also completely white. He's quite a big boy, but, um, he's always been very laid back and, and relaxed. So, so, so he's 11. Yes. Yeah. So he looks like there's something in there. There's not just moggy in there. I don't know what it is. He's, um, he's got a bit of the Siamese, you know, when the Siamese sort of do that warble thing, when he meows, he does a bit of a warble thing happening there. Um, I think his tail is probably the most interesting thing of him because he's actually almost got like a, a tail that flips right back onto his back. So, yeah. He's, is there a bit of Russian in there? It's possible. It could be. I mean, he's got the, the sort of the facial structure of the Russian. But Yeah, yeah I mean, that's what I looked at and I thought, yeah, hmm. Yeah, he's, um, he's quite an elegant cat. 
His uh, father was the local white tomcat, and we've actually got quite a lot of white cats in this area. <laughs> like, uh, quite funny. You'd see a lot his, of things. His, like. his father was called Very Friendly. His father was actually called Elvis. Uh, well, Presley was what they called him, but yes, Elvis Presley was his father. <laughs> oh, my God. He's, no, but he's, I mean, but you've got him so beautifully clean. So oh, beautiful yes. white. Yes, he's um well our guys are indoors. In summer though, down in their cat run there's a little dirty area and he loves rolling around. So in summer he's quite often dirty, but winter he he's very clean and we do nothing. He does it all himself. So but yeah, he's a beautiful boy. So but I, got, I, I think he's he's, he's he's nice. He should be called so what suburb do you live in? Panorama. So he should be called Sir Bruce of Panorama. <laughs> <laughs> we shall make sure from now on that is what we call him. <laughs> no, but, you know, cats have to have titles. Well, they do. They do. We did actually allow him to go to a show once, but he didn't like it very much. He was quite happy once we put the Abbey in with him um, to sit with the Abbey, but he didn't like being judged. So he hasn't been back since the poor bugger. My domestic is, he's so old and he's so big, but he's so cool. And it's like, he gets, you know, he gets out on the bench and just sort of sits there and he just looks at the judge plays like stink eye with the judge and then says, well, you know, I'm old, I'm an unusual colour, I'm beautifully groomed, I'm lovely, pat me, give me a prize and then I'll let you play with me. Beautiful. That's exactly how they should be at that age, I think. Uh, I love old cats. I love old cats. Yeah. I mean, and I think... From a judging point of view, one of the nicest sections, and also, dare I say, one of the hardest, the two sections of the hardest are domestics and companions. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, companions, especially in New Zealand, it's very competitive. Yeah. It's like kill or be killed. And the quality of some of the cats and their curtains, and it's like, holy moly. Yeah. Um, it's beautiful. And the domestics, some of them are just, you get the extremes, you get the shower that has everything. Mm -hmm. And then you'll get a sunny cat that'll just be in there on a old towel from home. <laughs> and that'll be first time that. But you know, it's, it's neat to see. And some of these cats, they just take it. And I think some of the nicest things I've seen is somebody's been said, oh, Catch, oh, you've got a nice cat, why don't you take it? Yeah. Or someone said, oh, it's got, it must have a bit of pedigree in it because it's got yeah. long hair or whatever. And the interest that they get, they have. Yeah. And you always take a bit of time and you find out about it and then you might see it another time at a show and it's, they've groomed it and it's looking good and it's got a little bowl and a little litter box. And, um, and these are the people from a showing point of view that you want to, hook in to yeah. this as a hobby because yeah. first and foremost cat shows a hobby yeah and there's, and there's a lot should... of um, people that go to the cat shows particularly some of the older ones and it's actually the only outing they have like that's yeah. their their entire outlet for socialization and seeing other people and and you can see the love that they have for their their pets too which is great uh what i can the thing that I saw that's two things that really made me one of my colleagues, judging colleagues, and also her husband was a handler and he was a stunning handler, and they also bred Burmese. And they very much had 
cats breeding showing as a hobby. And they had the little brother to my blue boy, but he was entire. And I'd see them doing the show. They would have fed Cody some cooked fresh breast of chicken. Yes, we and do. And they'd be going along and I'd, they'd be giving Bertie some. And I'd look and I'd say, well, he's his brother, so he needs to have some, you know. I can't have. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> and then another older family based in Auckland, they breed stunning abbeys. Wow. Have I seen the breed develop with some of the stuff they've been breeding? It's just, whoa. Um, and I've seen them go along and they have their food and share the cat and they'll see your cat and they'll go along and, and the joy that they give. And this, this old couple, yeah, the, the mother and the daughter knit mice. Oh, wow. Like thousands and thousands and thousands of mice every year, and you know, and the, but it's their one outing, and they they give so much and they enjoy it so much. So it can be such an enjoyable hobby. Yeah. And when you look at it too, in today's society, where so much is so digital, everyone's so busy. Yeah. That the gift of time mm. is very important, and. You think that some of these people mightn't see someone for for a long time, you know? Yeah. Um, but having a catcher, having them that outing, seeing people, having that interaction, it's just really cool, and it's can yeah. be so important um, that they, this is needed. And I, I just think these people at shows, it takes nothing. You can give a gift of time and two minutes to sit down, and talk to someone, go yeah. around and have a look at the cats. You know, yes. yeah, um, and the best thing about having the cats there too is that it gives you something to talk about. Like, you can walk up to a complete stranger and have a conversation at a cat show that you've never met before in your life because you have got that same sort of interest with the cats there, which is great. I do, um, I actually, it's been ages since I've been to a show where I've just been a watcher, not a, a judge or a worker. But, you know, you always can sit down and talk to someone. And I think my husband, Ross, he's relatively new to the cat world. Bless him. But he said, it's amazing. The old ladies and single people or couples that he mm. goes and he talks to them. And, you know, and I go to a show and he's like, he's off talking to everyone. <laughs> but it's the, he said, it's just so good. And he said, yep. everyone's got an interesting story. And yes. they'll have been knitting something or crocheting something or ladies yep. in the winter making stunning scarves and neck things. Mm. And, um, and it's a good social barometer. It's a it really is. good social barometer. And I mean, at Hamilton, we like to encourage um, people to sort of enjoy. And people come as much for the outing, you know? Yes. Yeah, sure. You know you're gonna because we always make sure there's good food, plenty yep. of food. Yep. Great food. And um, the thing I love about the food too is that it's a lot of the older recipes. It's the biscuits and the cakes and the you know those sorts of foods that I know my grandmother used to make. Some of these ladies bring along and share, and you know it's just wonderful. Do you want to know one of my best tricks I do? And this is so naughty, and I really expect myself to. You know, you've judged a ring. Judge a section, and you've given your results to your steward. You're waiting for them to write them up, or what you call a ring clerk. And I always say, "God, I'm hungry. Anyone on the front row got anything to eat?" And the American Times 
<laughs> cup of wheat container or something will come out with biscuits or homemade yeah. stuff and it's yeah. so good it is it's so good and it's all that old comfort feed it's fabulous i just love it it's i've been doing a lot of um because around here we're, we're hardcore rural and i mean this is a community where it's you survive on your ability to make jams and chutneys and soups yeah and when you visit people visit they give you jams or chutneys or soups you know yeah and so during lockdown i've my bloody kitchen's been going the whole time making <laughs> you know i mean we've had stunning mushroom season yep. so of course i've been freezing mushrooms done mushroom and onion sauce this and that and everything else so uh, but yeah food's a great bonder isn't it it is absolutely but food and catches and you tend to know who has food yes you do definitely, you, definitely. But our, the people that cater for us they're the good old-fashioned cooks you know yeah. and chrissy makes these scones these cheese scones that are like oh my god the best <laughs> cheese scones out yeah and she knows that wherever she's catering you know you go in there and she goes, okay, darling, I know I've saved one for you. And I go, thank you. And then they go out and they'll say to Ross or another lady, she'll say to Ross, I've made some this or that. You might like some of these. And she'll give him a plate of, oh. So this is, a, this is a thing that we love. I mean, yeah. I love cat shows as a hobby. Yeah. I think they're a wonderful human and a contact point yeah i think it's a great interest but also for me too it's a great study of people who see so many different sorts of people it's it's quite amazing at the backstories that you hear from cat shows isn't it like some of the the, the things that some of the people have done it's just incredible oh yeah i mean it's it kind just... of it really brings quite a a variety of people together under the the one interest well you look at people at a show and you might have never really think you get talking to them and oh, what did you used to do oh well i was an ambo driver for so long mm -hmm. and i was this or that and you know it's just amazing, it's amazing. stories that come amazing. out yeah. and so you learn so much about people and um who what i get to is who knits who crochets yes <laughs> there's a whole cottage industry of it there is absolutely cottage industry. Everyone's doing something. Yeah, yeah. And um, I mean, I enjoy it. I I like cat shows as a hobby, as an interest. Yeah. I'm extremely proud and extremely passionate with Hamilton Cat Club. Yeah. As a club, they're stunning. I think. And I'm going to give a big shout out, not just because I'm talking to you, but the cat shows at Adelaide, the quality of the cats you have there is something you all need to do. I'm going to stand up and give you a shout out. I'll clap for this because <laughs> you guys have stunning cats. Um, yeah. Obviously, I show Burmese. I have my two Burmese from Adelaide that I currently show here. I think you make life, especially for Burmese, very hard. Yeah. But you are so up there. I've seen so much improvement in the breed. 
the quality mm-hmm. of the cats mm-hmm. and both short hair and long hair and i think it's really very stunning it's a great experience and oh boy you make it you have to think and you have to work um you should all be very proud of what you do at the shows there i've taken home why reinvent a wheel when it's good i've taken home some ways you've done things and i've you know stood up people fought and whatever to implement them because you have some very good habits at work you have some very good programs and i've been very lucky to meet some nice people and great and interesting people there and i've learned from their experience so i think that you do you tick a lot of boxes and you do it well what you do you do um, very well on behalf of all the Adelaide people and our cat shows and organisers, I thank you very much for that. I think they do a fantastic job. Absolutely. Uh, I'm graphing it all the time. So I'm seeing what's going on behind the scenes and things like that. And it's a massive amount of work. And uh, it doesn't matter whether you're an exhibitor or somebody who's organising the shows. It's it's a community that comes together and, and gets it all done. It's amazing. And you have a couple of good photographers there too. Well, we do. We do. Myself and Rita do a pretty good job. <laughs> and we collaborate, which I think is really important. Like That's one of the things that is really important is that there's a lot of collaboration going on. So even though Rita and I are both photographers, we both get our own businesses, we actually come together to make sure that we cover um, the shows really well. And that's, for me, that's important because I look at this and I'm too damn busy, you know. I had one cat go through to gold, and you know what? I only ever saw it judged once. Wow! Yeah. Um, I and to to have a relationship with the photographers so that they, you know, I can send them and like, do you get any photos of my boys? Yeah. And they say, yeah, yeah, yep. and it's just. So important. Yeah. And and I think this is, with two of us, we can most of you know, we manage to get most cats photographed during a show, which is really good. So yeah. And I mean, I I think because one of my cats did give me a bit of a chomp recently, and I made some comments about the, the cats thing. And one of the regular stunning photographers at the show, she sent me a couple of teeth shots where they'd been being naughty at the show in the cage you know giving the teeth smile oh yes and yes. this is a, this is a such a talented photographer and she just caught the moment so she just where everyone would be i'll be showing the my hands to put up the photo of the, the That's what teeth. Did it. <laughs> but no you guys have a really good setup you know yeah don't reinvent a wheel it's very special and it's very slick Compare yourself to other countries. Yep. Compare yourself to other um, areas in Australia. <laughs> you do it. You do it well. Oh, thank you. you. Have lovely people. I've met some stunning people over there. I I see Adelaide as my default shopping city in Australia. <laughs> well, that's hilarious because usually Adelaide people go to Melbourne to do shopping. So I'm glad to hear that. No, I I see Adelaide as my um, default shopping place. Um, I do. I just I just enjoy, and you know, I'm eagerly watching when the borders are going to you're going to open your borders again. So are we. <laughs> so <laughs> because I've, I've already got pre-arranged plans that you know. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. First thing, and they're open, so yes. I'll be 
on to the in new zealand site book yeah sensational well hopefully we will see you here a bit later in the year um well, thank you so much for joining me for cat chat today that was fa absolutely fabulous melissa it's been my absolute pleasure but once again i can't give you guys the big, uh, big enough shout out because <laughs> what you guys do with your shows and what i've said what i've seen with the breeds when people show me the breeds and allow me access to some of the breeds yeah. apart from on the bench is stunning and um, the big shout out to by god um i'm in there thinking about it i'm looking for an, we're early planning for another couple of cats yeah um to come over but where you guys what you sent me and where you put the bar now it's going to be a hard bar to beat but thank you well thank you wasn't that a great interview? Thank you so much for listening. It really did have some great points and I loved how passionately Bronwyn was able to talk about the cat show community and why cat shows are so wonderful. Feel free to email me at meow at melissanewman.com.au if you have any questions or comments and please consider joining our community over at patreon.com forward slash catmama. Our next episode is all about the myths behind neutering your cat. There are some quite interesting theories out there. So even if you already believe in neutering your cat, it's worth a listen just to find out what others are thinking. Thank you for joining us today. This is Melissa Newman, the Cat Mama, and I look forward to having you join us again then. Bye.